Hey everyone, today we are talking Google and your business. In 2020, Google held roughly 92% of the global market share. If you are not paying attention to this platform, you may be missing out. In May, in the Impact Business Circle, we are working on getting found more often on Google by our ideal clients. We have Claire Lauer hosting a live workshop in the group about using your content and SEO to be found, and I'm going to be sharing some of those tips in this podcast today. We're also talking Google reviews, how to get more reviews, and not just any reviews, but the kind that will attract your ideal clients. In the Impact Group, we're also going to be doing a challenge in May, a competition to see who can increase their reviews by the highest percentage by the end of the month. So that should be a lot of fun. And then lastly, today we're talking about optimizing your Google My Business account. Uh, This is what people see when they Google your business. Makes sense, right? All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the Women's Business Workshop podcast. This is your host and business coach, Robin Walker, helping female entrepreneurs and business owners like yourself to find more strategy and focus in your business so that you can reach your goals with less distraction and overwhelm. Okay, let's start first with the account itself. So if you haven't set yours up, you can go to google.com slash business and get walked through uh, how to set up your account. I'll put that link in the show notes. Either way, take a minute and Google your business name on your laptop so that you can see what pops up on the right-hand side. When you see what pops up, if there is an offer to claim this business, that's a hint that you haven't set yours up yet, so be sure to do that. If you have, see what the first impression is of what shows up when you Google your business, not just in the listing, but in your Google My Business profile, so to speak, that pops up on the right hand of your laptop screen. So like do the pictures that pop up, sum up what you do in a quick glance. Sometimes the pictures we post are an accurate view of our business, but they're in with the context of the other pictures. And Google might just pick one of those, and that's the first thing that people are going to see. So make sure that the pictures you have really represent at a really quick glance that people would know what you do and and if that's something that they need. Also check, is all your information accurate, up to date? You really want your first impression to be powerful so that the right people find you and say, hey, that's exactly what I need. Because the whole point of being on Google like that is that they're going to click through and take that next step to get to your website instead of now shifting their glance back to the left and looking at what other options popped up. So imagine if you're searching for something like um, local gardening center and a Google account pops up on the right and you glance at it, if it has what you need, you're gonna click right through. If it doesn't or doesn't really look like the right fit, you're gonna go back to that big listing that Google gives you and choose something else. So you want yours to be really optimized and very representative of who you are and what you do so that you do attract the right people that will wanna click right through to your website. Now, if you can't, do this right now because you're driving or doing something else, put it on your calendar on your phone so that you can go back and make sure you take time to check your listing and optimize your account and do the things that we're gonna talk about in the podcast today. So let's talk about 
online versus in-person with Google accounts. Google is trying to get the best match for their user's search. So when they search for something locally, Google wants to give the best options that are within their area. So if you do not have any kind of physical location or service area listed, then it's not gonna pull you up when someone looks for you. They're gonna pull up someone that looks like a better fit because they have specified their geographic area. If you have a physical location, then you will for sure want to have the address for that physical location, your brick and mortar space, your office, listed on your Google account. You want people to come to you. Something else too I suggest is to have one of your pictures or your posts that has a really great picture of the outside of your space. It makes it easier for people to recognize where to go if they aren't familiar with where you're located. I recently saw one for a local business and it's a really faded uh, picture. It's during a season that just is not very pleasant in the state of Wisconsin. It also looked really beat down and not well taken care of. It was not very appealing for me to go find this location. So make sure that when you take a picture of your outdoor location, it looks nice. Pick up anything that doesn't belong. Maybe put um, some flowers outside or some plants just for the picture if you need to. But make sure it looks inviting and nice. If there's something else that you can put in the picture or the angle you take it at so it's really recognizable when people are driving to your location, it just makes it that much easier for them to find it and you want an easy experience for them to get to your front door. I went to a specialty store a couple weeks ago so all I had was their address so I plugged it into my GPS on my phone and it took me to this little strip mall but none of the names on the front of the building matched where I was going and I thought well I'm I follow them on Facebook I know they're open I know they're here, where on earth, like what did I do wrong, where am I going, all the things. And so I had to drive around back just to be able to get out of the parking lot. And so I drove around a little, still nothing matched. I was about to leave and then lo and behold, I found it. It was this little, you know, little door, no real signage, but I figured out where I was supposed to be going. I was a little frustrated by the time I got to the store, to be honest, because I get really frustrated when I can't find where I want to go and the GPS takes you to like a field and you're supposed to be going to a different location. So I was a little frustrated by the time I got there. And you don't want people walking in your door frustrated. You want them walking in the door with great expectancy and excited to be there. So you want it to be a really easy experience. Now, had this business had something on their Facebook page or their Google account, maybe even just a very basic map that said, go around the back, we're on the back side of the building. I, I never saw that anywhere in any of their descriptions. So it just made it really frustrating. If they would have shown a picture of even the storefront somewhere in their pictures um, on their Google account, that would have made it a lot easier for me to instantly recognize where I needed to go. So make it easy for people to find you. Now, let's say you do not have a physical location, but you travel to your clients' homes 
or you host events in public locations. You can still specify your service area. You don't have to put your home address if you go meet people at their addresses. But Google's very specific that they do not want you to list a P.O. box or a location that you do not own. So for example, if you host workshops at a co-working space, you cannot use their address for your profile, even if that's exclusively where you host your workshops, because that belongs to a different business on the co-working space's Google account. So one business per address. I'm going to link one of the support pages from Google My Business itself in the show notes where you can go and get a little more information about this if you're not sure how to do this. So like for me, I can specify the service area that I work in. How far away will I go to come to your business and give you that business audit? I want to be very specific about the area that I'm willing to serve because that also helps Google put you into the search results when someone Googles business consultant, uh, Walworth County, then Google knows that I am the person for them. Where if someone Googles business consultant, Kansas City, I'm not going to show up because that's not an area I serve. So that's a little more detail about that. So if you do have a service area or a physical location, you definitely want to specify so that you show up in those Google searches. Let's talk about Google reviews. So when you clicked on your account, you can see how many Google reviews you have. And you're either excited or disappointed. (laughs) So we're going to go a lot more in depth in the impact business training about this. But I I do want to give you guys some things that you can think about and work towards uh, when you're trying to get some more Google reviews. So the goal of reviews in my opinion, is social and peer proof that what you do is valuable and reliable. The person doing the selling can tell you all day and night how wonderful their product or service is, but when other people in society or a certain community take the time to say, yes, this was great, I loved it because that peer proof is more valuable to the people who have never heard of you before. Online reviews can have a very powerful impact on if someone clicks through to find out more about you. We are a herding species and most of us like to go with the group when it comes to taking a risk. And like for me, going to that specialty store, it was a half an hour away. You know, that's part of my day. It is taking a risk. But when I see all these other positive reviews, then I'm figure that it's a little bit less of a risk because everybody else is saying how great it is. So I'm more apt to try it. It's like you're thinking, well, all these other people have already had a great experience with this person. Well, okay, well, maybe they're worth checking out. If you do have negative reviews, please address them. And there are specialists who can help you with how to respond to negative reviews. So if it's something bad or reoccurring, there's definitely people out there that can help you with that. But I always think if I see a negative review on someone's business account, when the company has come back, given a professional response, maybe explained uh, what happened in the situation in a non-blaming, shaming way, just very matter of fact, or even better yet, gave some 
offer to the person who left the bad review to settle things. You know, contact me at such and such and we can solve this for you. You know the person leaving the negative you probably isn't going to take them up on it. All they wanted to do was complain. And for me personally, I just assume there's always going to be at least one angry person. And really, most likely that just wasn't the right fit for the product or service. So I kind of take one with a grain of salt. Now, if there's a bunch, that may be different. But not all reviews are created equally. You can have a five-star review with no comments, which is still wonderful, or you can have a review that speaks directly to your potential client's pain points and the transformation you offer. And those are really the gold when it comes to reviews. There are ways too to help encourage those type of Google reviews. So our goal is to get the reviews from our ideal clients who have had a really great transformation and would love to share about you to their family and friends. Because when you do do a Google review, it takes people time and energy to go out of their way throughout their day to give you a review. You want these reviews to be honest and authentic, but honestly, most people don't even know what to write and they would love to help you and they actually would welcome suggestions. So when you're asking people to give you reviews, make it really easy for them. Provide the direct link where they can go to do that review for you. There's a few different ways you can encourage Google reviews. You can straight out ask people. That could be asking your audience as a whole. If they've had a great experience with you and they're willing to give you a Google review, you can ask people personally. I think a great time to ask people for a Google review is right after you've delivered a great transformational experience or it's part of the post-sale automation. That's something that you can have automated in your business. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I forgot to ask for Google reviews and it's been nine months. I guess I should ask again. This can be part of one of your systems. Another great one is if you have some close business friends that have used your business professionally, not just a friend who's like, oh, I'll go write something nice, someone who's actually used your services in a professional way, but happened to be a business friend, those are great people to ask too because they're so excited to do it for you. And then obviously give them one in return if you've used their services. I'm very excited for May when we are going to be able to do a Google, that Google review competition. I used to be a competitive soccer player, and so I miss competitive games sometimes. So I'm excited to do this in the group. So we're going to have some templates that people can use for asking for reviews, some prizes, and motivation to help everyone increase their re reviews by the end of the month. So if you'd like to join us, it's only $79 a month and we would love to have you. So now let's move on to content and how SEO can help you be found on Google. Claire Lauer was a speaker at the Lakeside Conference back a couple months ago and was on the podcast. And she had such a great episode that I wanna take a couple clips out of that for you guys so that you can hear if you did not catch that one and learn more about SEO and content and how that plays into Google. Claire Lauer is the founder of CL Content Marketing LLC, which is a content marketing firm in Southeast Wisconsin that helps businesses and entrepreneurs find their voice online. 
This portion of the episode was recorded in February 2021 and was previously aired on episode 53. Can you give me your definition of SEO and how it would apply to female business owners specifically? Oh, yes. And I love how you framed that question because SEO is search engine optimization, but when thinking of, you know, female business owners, I want people to think of it as how your online presence shows up in search engines. And notice I say online presence, I don't just say website, because it really is the whole package. Like how is your, is your social media pages, is your Facebook business page fully filled out and optimized? And what I mean by that is just filling in everything on the about page optimizing your website, which we can talk about a little more in detail. But if you're, if you're a business owner, like if, I mean, I had someone who was in direct sales reach out to me. She's like, well, I don't have, I can't make edits to my website. Darn, I guess I don't get good SEO. There are opportunities for you. You can claim your Google, my business page and, you know, fill that out. You can actually post on it, which is really cool. It helps, helps Google pull your listing to the top because it's like, oh, this one's active. So it's like, this will help the users. Um, the question they asked, Google loves, A, they love when, they, when you use their stuff. So if you use your Google My Business page, if you use YouTube, oh, YouTube would be incredible. If you're in direct sales and you just start creating great YouTube videos, Google loves that. <laughs> so it, it don't, don't be disheartened if you don't have access to your website or um, I, I hear this a lot too. I'm not tech savvy. Like I can't do SEO on my website. It's like, wow, can you upload a YouTube video? Can you sure. cl- claim your page? Ask, start asking for reviews. Those all really help as well. Is there something that you see small business owners doing that's really missing the mark when it comes to SEO or content marketing? I would say not doing it or yeah. thinking <laughs> like, I know it's like, sure. obvious. <laughs> no, but that's, I mean, not doing it or, you know, don't let it intimidate you. you there are things you can do. Um, oh, and another fun thing is I, I heard somebody uh, a couple months ago on a virtual event, like, well, blogging's dead. Mm-hmm. Blogging is not going to die. Think of it as a zombie. It's never, it's undead, <laughs> but yeah. your blog has two audiences, your dream client and Google. Ah, that's so if you great. Just, if you just stop blogging, cause you're like, well, pff, I'm blogging stupid. I'm not doing it. Oh, you're missing the mark because even if you can write about a service you offer, like you said, like shoveling, if you, if you have a um, physical therapy or physical therapy, chiropractor, and it's about safe shoveling, I don't know. Yeah. Um, And throw it on your blog. A, it's your dream client might find it. You can post it on social. It gives you good content to talk about all month long. Um, And then B, Google is looking, Google's looking for it. So don't forget Google. Does Google (laughs) like when you add new things or do they like the things that have been there for a really long time or is it a combination of both it's a combination so if you you know if you have an older website it does like that because it's you've established trust with google by being there by having updated content and i will say content fresh content is google's favorite snack so i say at least if you can do every 30 days some new content either a blog post maybe a new page, which maybe, you know, like you need to go through your site and say, do I really fully explain all the things I offer? Do I have a really good like um, about page? Could you add a block of content, meaning like 250 words, you know, on your about page, ex- you know, explaining who you are and what you do, sprinkling in those keywords on across the top. Um, Cause you don't want to keyword stuff. If you just kind of jamming keywords on a page, 
Well, it might be awkward to read for your reader, for your dream client, but Google does pick up on that. But yeah, so every 30 days, if you could add some type of content okay. to your website. And what about, um, so if you've had have, have pages that have been around a really long time and maybe they're not as relevant anymore, is it better to delete those or hide them or keep them there as far as like, how does that work? That's a really good question. And because, yeah, it's a little tricky because it would depend if it's totally unrelevant, like you don't offer that service at all, or it's a location page, you don't live there anymore. You might want to remove it. But if it is an older page, can it be tweaked? Can it be salvaged? Let's say to be kind of revamped into talking about the new service or could the page talk about you know, how you moved or, you know, sure. if you no, keep that's it and sort idea. of, yeah, so you delete it, then it's like, a, if, and, and let's say, what if you have it linked somewhere, then it's a dead link. I think so, of that with Pinterest of all the things I put out there into Pinterest. And once they get shared, it's kind of hard to, like, you can't go back and, and take it back. Exactly. But can you, like I said, revamp the page? So it's a little more, it's not a little more, a lot more relevant. Yeah. Or, you know, could you say, Hey, looking for just for a bad example, like, are you looking for blogging? Blogging is so important, but now I'm focusing on SEO or something where it's like pivots the page Yeah. without actually getting rid of that history. Yes. Okay. That sounds good. So can you talk a little more about content marketing as far as, so if I'm writing a blog or I'm doing my my Facebook posts, what do I want to have in there so that I get found by the right people on Google? Really, it's like, like I said, you got two audiences with your content, Google and your audience. So write to your audience first, but really a good, a good way to like frame your content too, is to have those like 10 juicy focus keywords. So what keywords do you need to show up for? What keywords describe your offer or what you do? Um, and then having that, so like I said, you're not jamming it in every single paragraph <laughs> right. of page. And homepage has, does that have more weight than the other pages when it comes to Google? Like what's, uh, what words or terms are on your homepage? I'm glad you asked because I, I have, I haven't asked that before. And I, it's hard to, I would say yes, because it tends to be the most visited page on your site. Sure. The most visited and the oldest page. It, it is, it is like usually your most established and sure. trusted page. So I, I would say yes, but I also don't want someone stressing out and their homepage being four feet long, um, with right. them to fill in all this stuff. <laughs> yes. But when you think of when a lot of times, if you do a speaking event or, you know, you're on your business card, unless you are sending people to a targeted first step landing page, pretty much everyone goes to your homepage. Right. Yes. So that's a really good point too. Like if you Google my name or my business, you're right. The first thing that comes up is my homepage. So yes, it would be probably a page you really want to make sure is optimized, filled in with those keywords that we talked about, the focus keywords you have, at least 500 words. Really now I'm hearing that it is more 750 words is the ideal. Oh gosh. Which I know it can be intimidating. (laughs) And so I... If you got 500 and they're really, they've got those keywords, it's well, it's Mm -hmm. well written. It's optimized for mobile. You're doing really well. And maybe the next month for your, for your 30 day content, could you add a paragraph next month? Sure. Thank you, Claire, for all of those great Google tips. There are quite a few things in this episode that you could translate into action steps. So what I would advise is to 
look through your notes uh, or go back and listen to the episode and just pick one thing that you're going to focus on first to be able to improve your Google rating and ranking. If you need some help with this or you do better with accountability, join us in the Impact Business Circle for May where we will have that live workshop with Claire Lauer. And then we're also gonna be doing Google activities all month. And we have the Google review competition, which will be a lot of fun. So if you do better with a little competition or some accountability, join us in the group, $79 a month. You can totally afford it. Now, if you would rather have some more one-on-one personal attention on your business, and you are in the Southeast Wisconsin area, I can come to your business and do a business audit and work through all of this with you one-on-one. Whichever you choose, you can go to womensbusinessworkshop.com and find information. And I will also have the links in the show notes. All right, my friends, it has been so great to spend this half hour with you, but now it is time to go get back to work. 